Movies by Minutes, project number five. It's Silverado this time. That's no jive. By Lawrence Kasdan, who wrote the show. Let's settle up now, kids, because here we go. Howdy, partner, and welcome back to another episode of Silverado Minute. Each week, Movies by Minutes hosts examine the 1985 Lawrence Kasdan-directed Western Silverado. We're going for this movie, just like all the others, one minute of screen time per episode. Across the way there, across the pond. I pass my awful accent as I see in the camera, his ears are bleeding, he's starting to cry. Jim O'Kane, uh, my boop. deputy sheriff of this show. Thank you for having me on, Jim. Thank I'm you. Ethan McKinley. We are in. We are in. We are in. You did that was perfect. And you, you're. You, you have a better. You have a better American accent than I have a British accent. So uh, I won't. One, one, one We are. We're at episode one ten. Uh, yes, we are, sir. We're coming up here at Friday and uh, actual having dialogue more, more beyond stampede. So it starts There's with eye uh, patch, man. Yeah, got it. Yeah, it starts. He with, must uh, be evil. He's on eye patch. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the old movie trope. He. Uh, so so we start with Emmett on the floor, blasting away. And uh, we end with uh, Augie and uh, Emmett uh, counseling Augie about uh, the tragic death of his uncle, uh, uh, his uncle Kevin Costner. Um, so, oh, he came through the window. I like yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The bedroom window. By the way, before we jump in, I was going to mm-hmm. say you were talking about Victorian-style garish paints, yes. wallpapers. I can see a carpet there, but yeah. the corridor Scott Gamble was going down was quite. Uh, a busy wallpaper design. Yeah, very, very <laughs> much. Impressive so red was kind of like that, uh, it looked like. Uh, what's that thing you like? Dynamite, like, like yeah. a, a fuse, fuse pops. Uh, yeah, it looks like the opening of uh, Mission Impossible. Yes, <laughs> that's it. Perfect. Thank you. You filled in the gap that I couldn't. Yeah. Well done. That's where a great double act. I believe the phrase. I believe the phrase of that color is Tuscan red, similar to what's used on the barns. Okay, is Tuscan uh, and Tucson two different things? I always get think they're uh, the same thing. Tucson, Tucson, yeah, Tucson's right? a different place. Yeah, <laughs> Tuscan, Tuscan, as in Tuscany, the region Raider. of uh, Italy, where uh, Diane Lane movies classy. are made. You went Tuscan, Italy. I went Raider, Star Wars. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> this is what happens when you get the common man on a classy show. Uh, listens. Wow, I'm just, uh, I'm, I'm just totally impressed by. Uh, <laughs> By all this, so many things going on at once. Oh um, my God! There's another garish carpet as well. We've gone to green now. That's red. Yeah, yeah. He's got very much a, a thing. When uh, jumping through the window, there's all that flowers and flower and stuff. Not and, the vase. Uh, no. Oh, easy. you knew yeah. that was going to happen. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's all yeah, just trouble. Telegraphed right, foreboding. Yeah, so much for the Ming Dynasty, you know. Just. Uh, yeah. Now that they've now that they've plugged his vase, he's uh, definitely out of. Uh, <laughs> He's, he's he's run out of patience. That's what have the Vars ever done? Is it, yeah. is it part of the subplot? The Vars is behind everything. <laughs> I'm just I'm just amazed at the number of elk they've bagged over the years on the uh, hanging off the barn. There's one, two, three, yeah, four, yeah. five. Um, I guess they is that elk of... country? Do they pass through at certain times? Yeah, yeah. They, they kind yeah, of migrate. It's... Okay. Yeah, elk and bighorn sheep and all kinds of stuff out that way. You'd imagine so... just buffalo and things, but uh, I'm not. I'm British, so what do I know? Yeah, the large. We sound spreading. clever. We're not. <laughs> no, it's, it's quite. Uh, and it, there's a big one there that has like I don't know. Is that like a twelve point at least? It's a huge. Yeah, uh, yeah. Some, somebody plugged a long, long time ago. But uh, well, they, they shed their antlers, don't they? The velvet comes off them. Is that to yeah. fight, or is is that when they're about to break off and the the I guess the horn dies and they regrow? Is that correct for the following year for the rut and the back? Yeah, yeah, the yeah. big uh, big show off stuff. So uh, these are uh, 
definitely, you know, they, they had some uh, elk venison for dinner. Um, but, uh, you know, definitely, uh, I'm just Organic. amazed. Yeah, what is the light, you know, considering where they're at, and, the, and this, yeah. the only thing that they're lighting by is oil lamps, those oil couple lamps, of sconces, yeah. but there must be some like clerestory uh, lighting in the ceiling. Because when Emmett's marching down toward, uh, toward Augie's uh, hostage room, it seems like it's very well lit for the time. I mean, it's day. Yeah, it is day well, I guess that's for the movie, though, right? Because uh, you couldn't. Could you have like above head oil lamps? Because you're in a wooden house yeah, made I of horsehair and flammable. Yeah, I don't think you'd want to be lighting it up like that. And and of no. course, we've already seen the roof of the house is made out of tin. So I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what's lighting it up, but I'm assuming. It's something there's a couple of Fresnels hanging off the ceiling. Can um, I know what the reasoning behind a tin roof was? Where you could just have wood. Is it just is a, 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 a practical it, reason? It's a. It doesn't or shrink. It doesn't rot. It, it, it ah. just, yeah, it stays longer. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. If you really like like noise, that's a tin roof is nothing like the noise of a tin roof when there's rain. On with it. rain, yeah. Yeah. Um, I yeah. don't know if tin the roofs white are. Noise. Are tin roofs a big thing in the UK? Do you get the I mean, most of your I'm years like, are. I guess on if you go to industrial parks, industrial estates, and things, yes. Yeah, but, but none of the. Or there's a lot of old factories around here with tin roofs. Yeah, the the yeah. The, uh, the two up, two down, the classic, you know, British house. I think that's all like, that's like ceramic roof, isn't it? That you have a ceramic yeah, or sometimes like the composite. Tires, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, <laughs> the what uh, kind of house were you in? You stayed in the UK. I'm. Uh, Who were you waiting for? Uh, Boeing was it or someone? Or no, no, I work. For, I work for British Aerospace. So, you know. Okay. Uh, the home of the Harrier and the and the every every failed aircraft you can think of. <laughs> was that a failure? It just seemed like an odd design. It, it, it just, just it, take off. It well, was featured in a few films like it, True Lies and Living yeah. Daylights, I think. It, yeah. No, but, I mean the military aircraft they did great. The Tornado, the uh, the you know of course the Hawker, the one twenty fives, the yeah yeah the uh, the, the, the uh, what the Red Arrows fly. Um, we made a lot of uh, great military aircraft that. Uh, of course, they'll escape my brain right now, but uh, yeah, every I mean, the Vickers, uh, uh, Vickers jets, the electric lightning, um, yeah, the uh, you know, everything that up in like in the wood, if you know where Woodford is up by Manchester, there's a lot yeah, of, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, the, of course, you know, back in the day, gosh, they made that the, the, the hurricane and the Lancasters and all that, the great bombers of World War II. But um, you said the Manchester one is that a military base or like a proving ground for? No, it, yeah, it, it was the home of Avro, the original home right. of Avro aircraft uh, up there in. Woodford, we mentioned the Avro of... car, which was that round UFO shaped thing that looked like a just yeah. clip the grass and nothing else, and they scrapped it. Well, and of course the <laughs> uh, the Vulcan, you know, you you remember the yeah. uh, uh, the Vulcan from, bomber from Th Thunderball? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was a that, that was a great great bomber. And uh, the electric lightning, the one that they built out in uh, Amesbury, was it the town? I can't think of the name of it. It's up by. Uh, Aylesbury, Liverpool. Okay, sorry, not the yeah. no. that's that south, is it? It's where that kind uh, of uh, the Aylesbury Stone Circle is all that kind of druidic. Yeah, you know, um, they, pagan the, past we had. The tornado was built in the uh, the tornado rather was built in the. Uh, uh, is it the tornado? Was tornado, that the Americans yeah. tomato, tomato. Yeah, yeah, tornado and okay. tornado is how all the BAE people uh, refer to it. That was okay. made out in uh, Wharton, if you know where Wharton is. Uh, okay. Big, uh, uh, a great and. Uh, the uh, F one eleven EF series they they built stuff in there but yeah British right. Aerospace has a great history of mostly other aircraft companies that slammed together Hawker Sidley um, you know all, all those all those planes and stuff but yeah, yeah when I when I lived there we lived I lived in uh, in Surrey in uh, uh, if you know where Petersham Meadows is south that's of, it uh, that's why we got talking because I was in Red Hill and then I was in right. uh, Weybridge and that kind of area so yeah sure yeah 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 um, yeah yeah the tw uh, Twittenham 
Door uh, King, all yeah, that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Where Lance Olivier was born. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, yeah, Richmond, all that that whole uh, made famous for for our American cousins here uh, by Ted Lasso. <laughs> if you watch Ted Lasso, <laughs> yeah. that's uh, I think that's the only the only British thing that uh, that American. I had an audition that a year ago for really like the the the, the <laughs> what was it the Lasario house oh, really? house flat. I can't remember his name is. He's always walking around with his shirt off or naked. I've never seen the show. Yeah. Oh, really? Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. Flirting you, with the whoever. You would have been perfect. Yeah. No, yeah. Uh... Well, I didn't get it, so I wasn't. <laughs> oh well. Well, you know, there's always another season, so get back in there. You know, don't. Yeah. Get, Ted you know... Lasso. Let's try and look him up. Yeah. But so uh, yeah, back back to the old west. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Back in the old west with uh, one-eyed guys jumping around trying to you know not get shot. Um, but uh, I do I do enjoy this. Uh, lots of lots of uh blam 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 and of course you know coming in through the window is a great uh lee van cleef trick uh so, so he went uh, in the adjacent room got on the v- veranda roof i guess and yeah came in just through the other window just yeah scuttled across the side and the uh what uh, if he cocked that up and tripped or just was facing yeah, the wrong way with the whoops, or, or, you know or, <laughs> or if, if his nephew was standing in front of the guy instead but uh yes, yes. here you sit in the chair and boom it, <laughs> It's surprising that he apparently the uh, that codger that was holding the gun on him was it had a very bad sense of uh, binaural sound and didn't realize that yeah. there was some guy coming through the window. Um, or maybe he's been capping his gun off his whole life. He might be tinnied or deaf or something. Or, yeah, yeah. Well, after yeah. after you know blaming away, um, it's uh, you know, thank it was, God the kid needs to get out of the way as well. Otherwise, he'd have been straight. Out. That'd be a headshot. <laughs> Yeah, he's great at reacting too. The kid just, you know, here looks surprised. Okay, oh, there we go. And, um, and then, uh, you know, poor Jim Henson is uh, checking on his dead henchman. <laughs> he still called him Jim Henson. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, he just just in time to see another guy get blasted, and then his uh, his vase getting blasted. So he's just having a bad day. It's just as um, last week, uh, uh, Sheriff Cobb was running out of deputies. He's running out of henchmen. Mm. Um, he is this, this sort of thing never happened to Catwoman or the Joker. I wonder um, how much the henchman got paid back then, or do you depend on? Is it? I don't know. They just no steady work. You know, do you mind? Uh, if, are, if, are they ex-military or some form, or this or they just like random people? I think if you, you, I guess now if you're a wealthy person, you'd have like ex-military or mercenaries and things, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, right to work in yeah, a security firm or this or that. I'm assuming they're failed Confederates who just you know moved out west and yeah. were hand, handy with a gun. So uh, you know, it's like. The uh, the song "Bad Company" by Bad Company from the album "Bad Company." <laughs> that, uh, that's what they do. Uh, Six Guns West, and uh, yeah, he's uh, it, it, interesting. The the only dialogue we get in this particular episode is uh, Emmett is talking to his nephew, and Augie said that uh, uh, that his uh, Jake, his uncle Jake, is dead, and uh, he said he fell off his horse into a you know into a canyon, and. Yeah. As we're gonna, next week, I, I forget who's going to be on next week, but next week's show Me. will show. Yeah, probably. We'll see. <laughs> um, but uh, Emmett, Emmett realizes that, you know, Jake's never fallen off a horse in his life. So it was obviously a ploy. <laughs> but this this was changed. This is a change from the original script because right. the way uh, in the original script, the way Jake got out of jail was he pretended to hang himself. He had a really tough neck. And right. he pretended to hang himself in the jail cell. So when they cut him down, he came to life and you know overpowered the. Uh, so he didn't do the old thing, the, the old trick when you put the rope around your waist and you got like a, a, right. a fake rope on the neck. Yeah. Right? It's like the old magician's trick. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so what Augie had originally said, the original way that this was filmed was 
and I'm just wondering if this is a recreation here that they had to come back and refilm it. Um, haven't checked on if uh, Scott Glenn's hair length changes at all, or if they shot it mm. at a different time. But what uh, what Ogier was originally supposed to tell him was uh, uh, Jake uh, hung himself. He hung himself in the barn, and so then uh, uh, Emmett would start laughing about that. It's like, oh no, that's just his old his old trick. He likes hanging himself. So I guess. <laughs> <laughs> they saw that as uh, people wanting to do the Jake challenge would probably cause a lot of problems. You know, this is before viral stuff, but I could just see yeah. watching, you know, kids watching at home on VHS going, I could do that. So yeah. uh, they left that off so that you'd have to fall off your horse into a canyon. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, like, safety things when they remove things, kids might do it. I think the original Back to the Future was a, it was a fridge, I think, and not a DeLorean. And they came yeah. with DeLorean thinking kids are going to lock themselves in the fr- fridge and freeze to death. Yeah, didn't uh, didn't. But they didn't be the stupid kids, so who cares? Yeah, it's, it's just one of those thinning their herd. But uh, uh, yeah, Indiana Passive Jones did. Eugenics, as uh, George Carlin called it. Yeah, <laughs> I- Indiana Jones did it in uh, Crystal Skull, right? So you know, he did. <laughs> just a, a delayed, a delayed activity. <laughs> God, I can't. That uh, new one's coming out soon, isn't it? Oh my God. Yeah, yeah. It may be. It may be out when people are listening to this. So we'll see. Well, that's it, yes, while. that's true. Um, but uh, lots of lots of squibs here. There's the there's the vase. There's the hallway. There's, um, I guess, the guy that gets shot in the... No, I don't really see anything happen there, but he just... We get some candy glass work. <laughs> Have you worked with candy glass at all? Uh, I've done the thing... I can't remember. Was it at a theme park? Maybe it's actually... There's a theme park that now defunct called the American Adventure, which oh, is dear. a theme park, but it had one like false front Western Town Street to, get, I guess, justify ah. its name where they put on gas stunt shows and the guys go, Hey, you shot my, and he shoot him and fall off, fall onto the veranda roof and onto, into a, you know, the, the horse trough. Uh, there was a candy glass thing there where they'd hit you over the head and they go, this is what, this is when I was a kid. I've been squibbed. I mean, I can, I, I can speak to that. Cause they put like a metal plate yeah. under, so you don't cut. So if, you know, the blast goes out was obviously you don't injure yourself. Uh, so I've been squibbed. I know that, but uh, I've never, I've, candy glass as a child. There we go. There's obviously that famous uh, news clip as well. Where what film set was it on? I can't remember. But Charles, uh, Diana hit Charles over the head with a candy glass beer bottle, didn't she? Yes. And it, uh, yeah, there was a lot of subtext even then. Yeah. yeah. Oh, she hates him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, have I've you been, been candy glass, Jim? No, I have. Uh, I, I did manage to to get to do a a, a squib set off. Uh, right. There was, uh, I was working on a. Uh, it would have been a student film, except the guy wasn't a student anymore. I was trying to trying to promote something. It was an mature student, and he was. There was somebody that was like plinking away with a with a machine gun, and he couldn't get a. Uh, he couldn't hire an armorer, so he yeah. had a wooden machine gun, and uh, <laughs> we, he set up a bunch of squibs. And the simplest way of doing it, this is old old school. You take a board and you drill about uh, maybe a dozen nail holes in it. And you, yeah. tie, you tie it off with a car battery, and then you cl- uh, uh, you run individual lines out to the squibs, and then when it's time to shoot, you get to you run a uh, uh, basically a metal pole against Across the nails, the, yeah. and it closes the circuit on all of them. So That's while it. somebody's running, you're you know you're and you just have to do it at the right like helicopter fire if you're chasing being chased by a helicopter kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. But the I mean the only downside of it is you get one take because if you got to do it again, it's going to take you about another hour and a half to do rebury all the squibs in the sand or the yeah yeah yeah. So it was uh it was fascinating, but I'll probably never get to do that again. And I'm sure that there's entire you know there there are entire unions that that do these things that would not allow me to do something like that. So. 
Uh, but lots well, of I fun. guess it's, now it'd be done in some like plugin you get in iChip or like uh, yeah, in yeah, you, 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 you do it, it yeah. you do it off your phone and just you know yeah. dip, dip, dip. I think the Expendables did that because they kind of in the first movie they put like fake blood splats and flash ah. fire from the guns everyone complained and then I think they went back to squibs and you know blank firers yeah yeah so. it's uh floor effects are always the best now I'm um, assuming the guns in this scene well they're obviously blanks but uh yeah, I'm, yeah. I, you know, let's replay I'm, the clips in my yeah, screen. I'm sure yeah, I'm sure they are very. Um, yeah, none of nobody is nobody's in the line of fire. Everybody, you know, everything is happening. commissioned. Mo mostly every everything going on there is uh, uh, they're you know they're firing at nothing or um, yeah. uh, lockdown cameras and things and, and full of old blanks. Um, you really now, when, aren't, when, when the actors are shooting, you know, like that guy just shot out the door to Scott Glenn before he closed the door. He's shooting at the camera. Yeah. Not to, we're not going to go on to Russ, but I'm just thinking, usually they have like a, a glass plexiglass in front of the crew. They just get out of the way and leave the camera running. Well, I imagine. It's, um, if, you look, if you look at it, he's probably just firing a, uh, it's, not even a it's not even a blank. It's just, it, it's just a thing that will flash. Will flash. And uh, yeah, it yeah. could even be electric. Um, but he's, it, it does something that does a lot of smoke and, uh, mm. then, you know, what relying on the Kuleshov effect, you are seeing a, uh, you know, you're seeing him fire, uh, fire. A bit oh of yeah. It looks like just smoke coming out the end, doesn't it? And yeah. then, yeah. Just and then the editor cuts to a squib going off. So mm -hmm. it's, uh, it, it, this is the beauty of careful editing and, and trusting the audience to uh, be familiar with that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, uh, very nice. Uh, the editing in this is astonishing. It's really good, tight. Tight. Yeah. Uh, you 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 also get the layout. The, the they never cross the, the axis. geography of the thing. Yeah, yeah. 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 They never cross the axis. They never they never really break the rules. So it's uh, it's nice seeing what what pros. Are there any directors do. or films that do do that and still make it work somehow? Because it's uh, it's a rule you stop. It's not supposed to break. Well, yeah, Tarantino. Unless someone lot, breaks it properly, yeah. I guess. Yeah, Tarantino's uh, Nolan, Christopher Nolan. If you watch, um, if you watch the movie Dunkirk, it's completely. Mm -hmm. He doesn't know what side of the, you know, what side of the camera you're on, and it's like, what's <laughs> happening? Why are we? Why are they flying that way? Why are they going back to France? Where they, you know? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, he Nolan. Is that an intentional choice or just an overlook? I don't know. I'm assuming yeah. that he, it's his auteur idea, but it's um. Confusing weird. for the audience. Yeah, and I can't imagine the kind <clears throat> of arguments that he'd have with the cinematographer and the yeah. editor. Um. But I'd imagine as well, if, even if you're not versed in film knowledge, you even though you've not, not, not got the vernacular to kind of uh, know what's going on, you kind of know something's wrong. Like you said, the invisible crossing the line. Yeah, you, know, you can off about that. What's kind of what, yeah, yeah, you can feel like you the, know, of the uncomfortableness of it all. It's just, yes, it, it, it sticks in your craw. Um, but you know, sometimes they do that just to make you feel uh, really odd about Uneasy. stuff. I, yeah. I think I think Kubrick does it in The Shining. I think there's a couple of scenes in The Shining where he's he goes past the axis. And, to unsettle uh, the audience. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. It's you know if it if you are if you are enough of a pro, you, I think you can be allowed to do that. Um, otherwise, it just shows <laughs> you're incompetent at understanding how uh, how cinema works. I do often find that line between genius and being a, like Kubrick could be accused of this. It's like oh, if he's just being a complete to people the actresses like shelly devalent that making the shine he's just completely bullying her yeah oh no it's yeah. his process he's a genius i think uh, sometimes a lot of actors or auteurs yeah. or geniuses rely on the fact it's okay i'm a genius i can be a horrible person <laughs> or completely difficult 
Yes, let's do 50 yeah. takes just to make sure we get yeah. it right. And I, just, eh. <laughs> I think Harvey Keitel, I think Gary Oldman tells his story on YouTube, I'm seeing Opie and Anthony. But uh, he was in the Harvey Keitel part and I was watching shot. And after take like 65, went, you're crazy, man. He just walked off the set and then they brought Sidney Pollock in. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's just, it's it, it all it all depends on how, you know, I, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming that when you're making a movie that you want to, get the best out of your actors and i don't think abusing yeah. them does it uh for you you just wind up with weird weird things well, happening. i think sometimes i think curious ideas just keep pushing people beyond me i'm now bored i'm going insane this is monotonous and that i in his head he gets some kind of natural or different kind of performance i'm not sure if i agree with that i think a lot of that i mean brandon didn't like rehearsals but then again brandon didn't even want to learn this line time he got superman maybe he's a bad example yeah but uh yeah but if you know if the you spontaneity, want, like... I said, I last five takes on some of these self tapes. After that, you're just kind of bored of it, and I think your spontaneity, your energy level goes. I get, I imagine you could say that with anything in, in life or a job as well. Yeah, I, it took yeah. me a while to understand being on being on set at different different places. It, it took me a while to understand that the best kind of actor can deliver the same line the same way at the same timing, after and and with the same emotion after seven or eight takes and you have to yeah. get you have to get the line reading the same way just simply yeah. so that they can match up different t- parts of the, the takes tape. yeah and uh, i always thought well they want to say it you know uh what are you doing what are you doing what are and it's like no. that's not the way to do no. it you need to do yeah. it the same way every time <laughs> just so you don't the, too. yeah yeah the, yeah and the, the editor isn't pulling his hair out trying to figure out how to match this yeah. stuff up um but uh yeah it's 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 amazing how illuminating they can be when you're on the other side of the lens. Yeah. Following. Who's the editor of Silverado? Have a look. Uh, um, it's uh, just complimented he, his work. Yeah, this. He, he also did. Uh, he, well, he also did uh, Big Sleep. I mean, uh, Big Sleep. Uh, yeah. Oh no, you mentioned him in episode Big, one. So, well, our first episode on Monday. So he's like Lawrence Kazan's go-to guy at the time. Yes, I know. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. And uh, he, it, it's. It, I mean, and, and that's the thing is once you get into a. When, once you get into a rhythm with your with your crew, I think you bring them all yeah. with you. You know, your editor, your cinematographer, yeah. and you say to yourself, "This is how I want to do it," and and you understand me. So let's let's just keep going. Um, with uh, uh, the editing was Carol Littleton Littleton in this, and, and that's Carol, it. Yeah, Carol Littleton is you know everything. Et Manchurian, the Manchurian Candidate remake. Um, she oh, worked wow, on okay. she worked on Body Heat, which was the other casting movie. Yes. So you know it's like. Another he, film I've not seen. I'm not oh, seeing really? that either. Oh, yeah, my yeah. Gosh, Kathleen yeah. Turner and William Hurt. Very, That's yeah. why I always, Kevin Klein, and, like I said, a few episodes back. William Hurt, Kelvin, Kevin Klein. I'm surprised Ke- William Hurt's not in this. It just feels like he'd be in it. He's already in The Big Sleep. He's in Body Heat, as you just mentioned. He big just chill. Seems, big, uh, I'm sorry, Big Chill. Yeah, maybe he was yeah. in something else. Like you said, it was uh, The Children of a Lesser God or the other one. I don't know. But yeah. uh, it's just odd that he's not in it. He's like a, a, a stalwart character. Was it, you know... Lawrence Kasdan's kind of company of actors, if you will. Yeah, but she she can obviously read Kasdan's thoughts on things, and yeah, and, and so it's like once you find somebody that you can do this, you understand what I'm saying when what I want on the screen. Cut it this way, and you know she can cut it without having to to rethink the thing. So uh, I think that that helped, and of course you know doing the accidental tourist probably helped with uh, uh, you know Oscar stuff. Yes. Um, well, that maybe yeah. the 1985 film he was probably that he couldn't do this for I'd imagine. Yeah, we'll have to look it up. It's just um, you know, and just having having that 
coterie of uh, of people that you trust to make well a, a shorthand isn't it so you're not going oh god this guy's driving yeah. nuts and kind of go this this and, that, and then you know each other's rhythms like you said yeah and it's more than i mean like you know when you watch a lucas film like a later lucas film when he was sitting in front of a, a, a when he's sitting in front of a monitor <laughs> video village yeah telling, yeah telling people every like when you see a movie that looks like it was shot by some guy that was sitting in front of a video screen yeah um, you can feel well, he doesn't it. like directing does he he's kind of he, i i think I, well, everyone says Revenge of the Sith is the best of the prequels, but I think he found his feet more as a director, whereas he hadn't directed a film of that yeah. kind with all the green screen, which is the uh, Phantom Menace. And I think especially the second one greatly suffered. I mean, the second one looks like a video game when the clone was a beginning and they're on Genosis, yeah, bombing all the bugs. It's Yeah, it, yeah I mean, it's, it's all very... Everything is at waist level. The, the camera's yeah. at waist level, the action's at waist level. It's all walk and talk. It's, it's yes. just having a bunch of meetings. But you know, if you watch his earlier stuff, uh, you know Star Wars, he's out, he's out in the desert filming, so he's gonna see stuff, you know, at ground level, at high, you know, different heights. He actually yeah. changes the height of the camera for certain scenes, and, and yeah. trying to, you know, and that, and I think that's you know part partially it's the director, but a lot of it is the cinematographer recommending things and the director saying, yeah, okay, do that way. But by the yeah. time by the time you get later into the move into the movie making, mm. he's like, I just want to. I'm going to sit here and watch this happen and just lay it out yeah. scene by scene by scene. Well, he he thinks he does things. He can direct in the edit, but I mean, there's this big like rumor that Star Wars was saved in the edit. I can't remember the yeah, the by, the by Marsha, yeah, by his wife, his, Mar- his wife, yes. Marsha Lucas, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, I've seen the earlier... And then there was a bust-up. I think they got divorced around the time Return of the Jedi slash Temple of Doom, and I think... Yeah, they were both... Maybe yeah. that's why the later, the third film suffered. Of course, Gary Kurtz had moved on by Empire Strikes Back, and he yeah. was something very kind of tempered George Lucas's... And Spielberg was, was going, Spielberg was going yeah. through a divorce with Amy Irving at the same time, so <laughs> that's why Temple of Doom is, you know, torturing people every, you know, left and right, yeah. which is very down. That being said, I think we're... Even though you can't... Raze is the best one, but I think my favorite is Temple of Doom because it's very much like that pulp episodic comic book, which is what they were doing, the aping Republic serials. Uh, I guess Raised the Lost Art, not so much, but Temple of Doom is this classic 1940s exploitative pulp. These yeah. bloody savages. But I think the, distress, yeah, blood. I, but I yeah. get the feeling from it that it's more of a, uh, a hands off thing. They're, I think there's, there, it's filmed more at a distance. The storyline was there. The story's yeah. excellent, but it, it's just. It it to me it lacked the heart of of the original one. I mean, there were some yes. comedy bits, but it just it, it's very similar to if you ever watch uh, *Romancing the Stone*. Yeah, and then if you watch *Jewel of the Nile* after they lost the creator, um, <laughs> uh, *Romancing the Stone* while they were shooting, uh, while they while they were scouting Zemeckis, right? Uh, yeah, but um, Louis Teague directed the second one. He directed *Alligator*, I think. Yeah, right. Louis yeah, Teague, but, but but uh, the, the writer Diane Thomas, who wrote *Romancing the Stone*. When um, when they were scouting locations for the Jewel of the Nile, the sequel, she was killed mm. in a plane crash. Oh my gosh! And so, and she was kind of like the heart and soul of of how that movie went. Um, I suppose she'd be the voice that I guess because she was writing Joan Wilder. It's more a female perspective movie. It seen through her eyes. Right. And I guess yeah. a male writer couldn't. I guess capture that. Yeah, and she and she had that feeling, and that's the, the magic through, of that movie. Yeah, and 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 it also it got carried through post mortem. Uh, uh, Spielberg made the movie Always, which was uh, Diane Thomas's final screenplay, and that yeah. has a very feminine feel to it. Even though yeah. you know, Richard Dreyfuss is a, is a star in it, it it feels more like 
a woman's movie, a, you know, a, yeah. a woman's voice is in that movie. But, uh, mm. but, and the problem when they were shooting Jewel of the Nile is the entire cast was intimately linked with Diane Thomas. They understood what she, she would be on set during Romancing yeah. the Stone and explain the feelings that were coming out. And of course she wasn't there. So it, it felt like more like a, a wake than, than an actual uh, yeah. being on set. It also feels like lower budget and a bit cheaper. The second one, it doesn't seem as uh just the cinematography, yeah. the richness, the directing. Obviously, Zemeckis isn't doing it. It's Lewis T, but it just seems... Like he said, it's... Something's off. It's not quite there. I don't think Templar was that bad compared to Raptors, but I know what you mean about Jewel of the Nile. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. Well, and... Uh, uh, I may be wrong about this, but I think D Diane Thomas, when they were writing... Um, when, oh, when they were writing um, Last Crusade, when uh, Spielberg yes. was going, Diane Thomas wrote the original story, which was set in a, it was like a haunted mansion kind of a place. Yes, were gonna go and that's why they included sort of... that chateau at some point, didn't they? Right, yeah. And that looking, was where... for, looking for the tapestries when he put in on that fake yeah. Scottish accent, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So it was, you know, you can That you was can the win homage the... to that. Yeah, you can win this castle. It's like the classic trope of <laughs> you can win the castle if you can spend the night in a haunted mansion. So, uh, but yeah, Diane Thomas was, had written the first pass of that thing. And then, of course, you know, when she died while she was writing the thing. Um, yeah. But uh, Spielberg didn't like it because it was too much like uh, Poltergeist. So he's like, no, nah, I don't want to do money. Also the haunting, I guess, as well, to some degree. Yeah, yeah. the uh, Robert Wise one. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but anyway, back to um, back to our, mo our movie here, uh, where we're seeing, <laughs> we're seeing death and... Now we're starting to get we're starting to get some uh, resolutions here. Augie has mm -hmm. kind of been saved. There, uh, henchmen are getting shot left and right. We're down to, I don't think there are any more henchmen. I think all the henchmen have been killed off that are at the ranch. So we've got uh, Jim Henson or McKendrick, and uh, <laughs> I Jim Henson. yeah, it's it's, it's McKen yeah McKendrick is uh, getting ready. He's he's annoyed. He's right up to his beard in anger. So. Uh, we're down to I want to him. This character actor is just holding the child. I keep not quite seeing him, but I'm sure if you saw him full on, he'd be in all things like Hunter and all these like Hawaii yeah. Five O and all the eighties. Like you just notice him from things like that, like those those eighties like uh, action thriller shows. Yeah, but he's been, yeah, guy? he's probably like on a background in Chips and stuff. He's always yeah, like, you know, yeah, getting yeah. arrested for something, or he was a yeah. <laughs> he, he was like some kind of a, a bad congressman or something. Stepped else. on Bill Bixby's toe of the Incredible Hulk. <laughs> yeah, poor, he's a poor man. A poor man's Charles Durning, you know, just kind of that's a, it. Yeah, out there. Um, let me just see if I can get some names on this guy. Uh, uh my computer's running very, very slow. Uh, the yeah, I mean, it's and these are all great characters. I mean, they're not of the quality of like Dub Taylor or uh, yeah. Jack Elam, you know, uh, one of, one of those guys. But um, let's see, here we go. Uh. Ray Baker is McKendrick, and then uh, Pepe Sima is. Uh, oh, his name is Bill Terhoon. Uh, he's the guy shooting the gun. The, okay. The, yeah, the guy. The guy that shot the guy at the wind. You know, he got shot as uh, Emmett <laughs> came through the bathroom window, yes. as it were. Um, Bob Terhoon. I'll have to look him. Not up. Rory Calhoun. Bob Terhoon. No, no, Bob Terhoon. He's uh, yeah, the, uh, <laughs> he's the dollar store version. And uh, let's see, Bob Terhoon. Uh, he was he was mostly a stunt guy. He was a stunt guy in uh, Runaway okay. Train. Stuntman and actor Rob Terhoon was born in 1928. That's the John Voight one, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was. Uh, let's see. He, uh, gosh, he had quite a, quite a very thorough um, uh, biography. 
He yeah. uh, he joined the Screen Actors Guild in 1948. He was a stuntman wow, and an actor. Right 50 years. He was a member of the Stuntman's Association, became a practicing minister after retiring and so. settling down in Florida. So there he goes. He had a he had a second life as a minister. You will and, believe uh, or I'll break a chair across your back. <laughs> yeah, he, he did. Some, he did a lot of the stunts in uh, the Blues Brothers. Oh, there so, you go. Yeah. Um, he was in Highway to Heaven as henchman number four. He was a bodyguard <laughs> in uh, Falcon Crest. He was uh, in the yeah, Fall Guy. See, I told you. Oh my gosh, Fall he guy, was here we go. everywhere. Um, <laughs> oh, that's where oh. I know. I just realized where I know him from. He was Thug Number Three in <laughs> in my favorite year. He was one of the guys oh, okay. at the end that were beating up Peter O'Toole. Yeah. Okay. And uh, that's yeah. That's that's the where that's where I know it. Who's it that said that? I think Kevin Smith said it's his favorite film. So it's a great film. I've never seen uh, it. My favorite it's, year. Really? Oh my gosh! If yeah, you'll you'll see it and have a whole new insight on Thirty Rock because it is basically Thirty okay. Rock in nineteen fifty six. But uh, <laughs> and also the is it the stuntman uh, Steve Railsback? Oh, the stuntman! Yeah, nineteen seventy nine. Yeah. yeah, great. Yeah, film. yeah, great poster as well. But I, um, I saw that years ago, so I need to re- reacquaint myself with that yeah, as well. I, I can see st- Petro tools on the list. I can, yeah, I can strongly recommend my favorite year. If you like Thirty Rock, it's uh, same level of comedy. Richard Benjamin did a, a really great turn at it. Had so many. So many famous people in it besides Peter O'Toole. You've got Mark Lynn Baker, Bill Macy, Joseph Bologna, Lainey Kazan, um, Lou Jacoby's in it, Adolph Green. William H. Macy? He must be very young. No, 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 no. Bill Macy from uh, Maud. He was Maud's husband. Oh, sorry, yes. And the legendary uh, Nicholas Cameron Mitchell, uh, star of many uh, <laughs> yes. Mystery Science Theater movies. If anyone is, yeah, well, Mystery Science and Red Letter Media, he's got this storied career of like wacky, like, well, I'd say straight to video or Redbox movies. But he's, he was also around, always working. Yeah, but I guess I d- he like he was in the big, big movies in the fifties and sixties. Then I guess it dried was, up in the eighties. He was doing yeah, he was doing Ricky Adams and Strangler movies. Yeah, yeah, he's always like a guest star on um, uh, Murder <laughs> She Wrote and stuff. That's it. But uh, yeah, cl- classic film. Lots of uh, uh, what's her name though? Uh, Gloria Stewart. You know the uh, bo- uh, girlfriend of the Invisible Man, who was also she played Ancient Rose on um, Titanic. She was the older yes. Rose. Oh God! Okay. Um, yeah, no, it's a stunning film. Uh, Richard Benjamin, great, a I, 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 real classic comedy. It was one of the movies I was considering for this uh, for this next year's uh, movies by minutes project. Barely, right? Barely eked out by another film, which we will be talking about probably in a month from when this is being recorded. So my favorite year was in the running, but it's been usurped by whatever you're about to say. Well, yeah, not in yeah. a month's time. Sorry, in a month. Yeah, time. and Jessica Harper is in the movie. From uh, isn't she in? Um... Uh, Invasion of the Body Snatchers wasn't wasn't that wasn't that Jessica Harper? I may be wrong. I uh, playing who in the fifties one or the seventy eight one? The seventy eight one. Um, okay, I may be wrong. She was in uh, she was in the Rocky Horror um, sequel, uh, Shock Treatment, with Richard O'Brien. She played uh, Janet. And uh, is it now? I think one of my casting le- well, a casting director. Uh, what's her name? I can't remember. Claire. Something Christ Jewish second name whatever but she I know her quite like uh, quite well uh, she's a casting lady now for commercials ah yeah so crocodile casting you can look it up listeners it's Claire something I'm sorry uh, whose name escapes but yeah she's she's in shock treatment who <laughs> was Richard O'Brien uh, she was an I, actress and became a casting lady I was at the world premiere of shock treatment in Austin Texas or the U S premiere I guess and Richard O'Brien showed up and uh, 
It was, it's a uh, musical, isn't it? Is it Jim? What's yeah. his name? He did the music the same as yeah, Rocky Yeah, Char- Jim, Jim Sherman. Sherman. Yeah, Char- yeah, that's it. It's not yeah, Sheridan, yeah, Jim they, Sherman. The, the meatloaf guy. Um, <laughs> but he, uh, yeah, great. Yeah, it, was, it was interesting, but the problem was... Also, he did that Taylor Dane song that was with the from The Shadow. Uh, yeah. Was very much the same kind of... Uh, the, sweeping sound is it very jim charming he's got a very distinct sound anyway yeah yeah very uh it's it all all danceable tunes but the uh rock i think the problem the problem was trying to grab light lightning in a bottle twice uh, again rock, rocky yeah. horror was perfect trying yeah. to make shock treatment on purpose so that you can have callbacks and things it yeah. doesn't really work doesn't really work it's uh but you're at the premiere sorry i interrupted you please yeah i know i was i was in the uh, premiere it was surprisingly small it was at the riverside theater in uh it was just you and Jim sharing again. Yeah, hey, and, yeah. You want another popcorn? What do you think? Yeah, That's there's a McDonald's. Let's go across the street. McDonald's. <laughs> you like that? How about a pizza? Um, but yeah, I was I, I was pretty well attended. I mean, I was I was in film school at the time, so it was like, oh, really? I've, I've yeah, raised, yeah. I used to be an usher at Rocky Horror, and it was you know interesting seeing this again. <laughs> it's like, oh my gosh, look, it's riffraff, and uh, didn't look at you know. He, so when uh, it first came out in '75, you were the usher at the theater. Now, did I know like in since then people go dressed as the characters and have a good old time singing along oh was it, it like that it was in the it initial was, run yeah it was it, okay. i mean the the movie the movie hit america in 78 79 that's when we we were getting it um right. i had seen it in the west end just so i guess it'd be in the kind of zeitgeist through magazines and pop culture to that point where so it was primed to go yeah and, and it dress. was yeah it was more it was well i mean it was a lot to clean up but it was like people would be carrying newspapers and had water pistols and all kinds of danger you know yeah. they actually carried uh, big lighters <laughs> and things that they were waving and um Fire safety regulations yeah. out are the they, by the way that's a, a uk question i have do they call them big lighters or they call them bureau lighters in the uk no big big, yeah. big lighters. disposable okay. chuck away getting from a you know yeah, big, okay because pounds. yeah because our big pens are your bureaus so it's just one of those oh, okay. oh okay oh biro 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 so, yes. excuse me biro yes uh no i've but seen not... biro lighters and bic but i always think of them more as bic okay yeah yeah, yeah. so i um, guess yeah yeah, it's uh, but uh, the uh, the Rocky Horror at the time back in the seventies, it was very free spirited, and uh, you know people would shout different things. And uh, I, was it shocking then? To, but like, because transvestites, was, I guess, oh, wasn't it was, a big. It was, I guess you had Divine and stuff, and the John yeah. Waters movies. But they were kind of yeah, underground. But, yeah, and this was this was more of an underground thing, and it just kind of picked up as viral. You know, the normies started picking yeah. it up and saying, "Okay, we can watch this," but. Um, it was it was an it was an event. It was like going and you're having a party, and people got into it. But then, it you know my uh, my daughter was telling me about uh, Alamo Draft House recently. Yeah, it, Alamo Draft House here has a very uh, structured Rocky Horror show, and they actually sell kits for like fifteen dollars that you can go in and they give you a you know an electric flash you know like battery operated flashlight yeah. and it's and it's certain things that you have and they didn't they don't want you throwing anything and basically it's it's like going to so a regimented school. becomes you know yeah bureaucratic it's a, and it's therefore a school, not yeah. in the spirit of the film yeah yeah it's a school assembly more than anything you know everybody goes and and the whole thing is like the end just of, charge uh, more for the ticket and pay people to clean up afterwards there you go yeah yeah i i, yeah. I am I I I know people like being quiet in a theater, but I I am not that person. I yeah. I go to a theater because I don't want to watch it at home. I want. I used to go experience. to see. I used to go see kung fu movies in, uh, you know, in the distressed parts of town because people would yell at the yell at the. It was like Rocky yeah. at every movie. People would, you know, go get him, <laughs> get that guy. You know, and I, I enjoy that kind of a movie. I like. You, you don't I, really get that in the UK. Everyone's very quiet. That being said, when I saw it in uh, 2017 
uh, in Manchester. For some reason, it was an all-black audience. My God, it was so much fun. They're like, don't go in the door. Oh, my God. She's gonna... It was great. Yeah, I, I mean, I love participation. And it's like in Alamo Drafthouse, they chase you out if you're talking or, you, you know, it's like I can yeah. understand. I can understand being annoyed if somebody pulls out a Just cell phone talking. and starts typing. Yeah. yeah. But it's like you, the reason that you're there, and, and you know, it's, this goes back to Shakespeare. It's more, I guess, for film fans and film nerds as well, isn't it? More, yeah. If you go into the Amma Draft House, you're, there's a certain clientele and yeah. people who have a kind of not, and, like we do a film. And they're, yeah, they, yeah. they all seem to be like the like the lady at the end of uh, the Simpsons, you know, going shh, you know, it's it's yeah. that thing, and it's like, is that just the current management now, or? I, I think or? I think it's the I think it's the clientele that they pull in. The clientele is like HOA kind of people. They don't want yeah. They don't want noise. They don't want any any interruption. People who like cinema, not yeah, movies. yeah. It's like yeah. You, you have to have a reverence for this thing. And if, I, I mean, I'm not going to genuflect in front of the film. I want people. I want to go to a movie where people are screaming at the screen. You know, it's like well, I enjoy... if you're ever in the UK, the Prince Charles Theatre in Leicester Square. You probably know it, but they put on a lot of you know, grindhouse, kung yeah. fu. I've seen the room there and you take a bag of plastic spoons and every time you see a plat, you throw plastic spoons on the screen. <laughs> okay, that's, that's the most, yeah. yeah. That's, that's the kind of movies I enjoy. And I know that yeah. I am not, I'm not in the majority. I know people like to be quiet, everything. Everybody's watching, you know, watch the movie. Let's that's watch. true. But like and I said, like, the Alamo Draft House, I always imagine was like the Prince Charles Theatre here where you go and see terrible movies and have fun. Or you see a classic film, but it's kind of, it's like film nerds all together. So yeah, we've no, all it's, seen it a million times. So we're not ruining anything. Yeah, let's it, talk. Or, it's you know, it's yeah. like, and they're they're telling you to be quiet. Meanwhile, there's a waitress coming by and taking your order for your. Uh, you know, $20 hamburger. And yeah. it sounds like, well, okay, I'm not allowed to talk, but this woman can ask me if I want a big Pepsi. You know, it's, it's, anyway, that's, I, I'm sorry if I'm being an old man ra ra raging. No, you're right. Machine, it's but, this commercialized bureaucracy, which ruins the theater experience. And, you know, I'm just going to stay at home and watch my 80 inch screen. Why not? I love, uh, you know, I'm, I grew, I grew <laughs> in up in my on... Frankenfurter outfit, even though you're not watching, <laughs> even though you're not watching Rocky Horror. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what are you doing? This is terms you're of endearment. From, yeah. You're back from work early, darling. Yeah. I'll explain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, somehow, th somehow this all wrapped around a, a Western movie that we were watching, but it's, yeah. It, I mean, this is, this is, I try to understand why we go to movies. Like people, you yeah. can sit, you can sit home and watch a movie and you know, pause it and go get yourself something to drink and then come back and you turn it back on again. But the idea of sitting in a darkened room with a bunch of other people who are all experiencing this movie often for the first time, yeah. uh, that's what you go for. You hear the reactions, you hear people yelling when you go to, you know, when you go to a Star Wars movie. Like I remember the last time I had this great experience was uh, in Rogue One, watching Rogue One at the very yeah. end when Vader pulls out oh, the yeah. wrist and he's yeah. like slamming people against the wall. Oh my god! The theater erupted. I saw this at the I saw this at the Texas Theater in Dallas. This is that's the theater where they captured Lee Harvey Oswald, and yeah. it's like the theater's got a lot of history and it's this narrow theater that you get into and it's just old and musty and I mean they've re rebuilt it like three or four times. But it's like you're in a big old movie house and that and when people yell in that theater, it just bounces all over the walls. And yeah, that's why I go to a movie. I want to hear what other people are hearing in this movie and enjoying it like I am. So real experience. Um, yeah, and yeah. That, li that link between everyone that you're all having the shared uh, commonality of watching the film. Yeah, but yeah. It's, it's uh, go to the if you're in the England listeners, go to the Prince Charles Theatre. You will have the experience that Jim is talking about that Jim wants. Yeah, that's that's what I want. I may have to go. I may have to go to Leicester Square to, to see it. But yeah, I well, they also do like a seasons of films. So you buy a season ticket and every. Uh weekend there'll be like a run of sunny chiba kung fu films or all the tarantino films or etc etc et or like 
Powell and Pressburger peeping Tom, all that stuff from the fifties. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, the thing. I, I mean, guess look it up when you get off this show. I mean, look it up on the Prince Charles theater, London, see yeah. what wacky stuff they've got on, but it's all communal. Everyone talks, everyone did it. Yeah. Yeah. And you, I mean, and I think, I think Silverado, even though it's built as a, you know, a major, it's, it's a tentpole movie. I think it was built with that in mind that, you, yeah. can, you know, go get them, kid. That kind of, yeah. you know, it's really, you're yelling at the screen like you want. Well, like to... evil is clearly defined. It's that yeah. old time, almost like naive 40s or 50s Western style where the good guys are over there. We're going to go and get them. Yeah. And you know the outcome yeah. already. You know the good guys are going to win. Yeah. You know it's not going to be something de- depressing. <laughs> but, uh, you know, but this is this is why you go to the movies. You get this catharsis. You get this this active wanting to wanting to see good being done and that's that's what you're getting in this movie i think that's you know as as we're wrapping up this week that's that's the feeling that i get out of, yeah. out of this movie well, i suppose more than any genres we discussed a couple of episodes back at westerns in particular they speak to perhaps some primal thing within us i, yeah. I guess it's a male power fantasy that yeah. uh, you and go in there you it, put things right help everyone and it it, it falls yeah. in it, it almost falls in a noir idea that it's it's a it's a corrupt world it's a twisted world and yeah. you know one All good man can change even, everything kind of, yeah yeah template yeah, yeah there and it, you know yet Kevin Costner again so um, <laughs> but yeah it's it's a great movie I mean there's lots more coming up in the, in the following weeks as this thing starts resolving itself um, but uh, I think we're at a really good tipping point here in the third act. Um, Ethan, I really want, I want to thank you for being a part of all this. This is really, you know, I, as you know, as we've talked in the past, it's always a joy having you on the show because you have. So it's a joy having you on. We, we yeah. went to do 50 minutes. You always do an hour and a half and it yeah. flies by. I don't uh, mind you know, spending an evening one every night of the week, uh, knocking these out. It's yeah. fantastic. I haven't done a podcast for so long listeners. I'm raring to go. This is a holiday for me. So anytime, any place, any day of the week and twice on Sunday in the New York minute, I will be there, Jim. Come on. Awesome. Now. Yeah. No, we'll, we'll do this again next year and <laughs> on the next show. I know you will. We'll, we'll have it. Yes, sir. We'll have it good. But we, um, anyway, for people who want to hear more of you, uh, I know there are many after places. This show, after, after this, this week. show, they'll be say, I, I don't have enough Ethan McKinley in my life. So um, where can they find? I know you're Imagine on YouTube. Me in the Alamo Draft House. My God, they just oh. throw me out in a second. <laughs> you out. Yeah. Uh, uh, on Instagram, Ethan yes. underscore McKinley. Uh, my show, Questionable, is on YouTube. Or you can find the Two Minute Terminator, one of my uh, one of the Minute Family uh, movie shows. I did Terminator One up until Genesis. We didn't do Dark Fate, uh, but uh, yeah, we knocked out five films two minutes at a time. That's also on YouTube. And uh, over to you, Jim. Where can we find you apart from on this show? I'm uh, best found at uh, jimocane.com, where you can find all of my things like Rocketeer Minute, uh, Apollo Thirteen Minute, uh, Airport Minute. Uh, and then all the come on pro- all of those. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, you're you're in there, and all the all of our group projects starting way back with Die Hard Minute and uh, yeah, uh, the Hitchcock Minute with North by Northwest. Uh, of course, our favorite Into the Night, the night nightminute.com. Yes. You can find it out there. My random weird favorite background playing in the background movie. Yeah, uh, and, uh, which I did a week on as well. It's a, it's a stunner. <laughs> you, you, were, oh, you no. were, yeah. We did some because my host gypped me, which is the pain you're going through now. Uh, yeah, <laughs> we did a couple, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. No, they were they were great weeks of a, a movie that not many other people liked, but I I enjoyed it and I found a kindred spirit in you, Ethan. So thank you yes. for that. Someone um, out there like the, again, it's, the it's two a, it's a, in the pod. If you don't understand David Bowie, you, you you'll never get the movie. That's all I can say. It's <laughs> it's one of those it, it, watching uh, uh watching Roger Vadim trying to get a ride home. Uh, this is walk, true. Walking home. That's that's worth the whole price of admission. On the on the south was it the Malibu? What's his <laughs> yeah. name? Highway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> But, just but yeah, to... six years, Jim. My God. I'm flying. And another six to come, I hope. 
Tempus fungus. Yeah, it's um, yeah. The uh, but we yeah, we will have more to come for for, yes, for sure. Um, well, anyway, for folks who would like to talk back with us, and we've been talking a lot, so it's now their turn. So, uh, if, listeners, if you would like to uh, talk to us, we are always available on Facebook. If you go to uh, the Midnight Star, the uh, Silverado Minute Listeners Saloon, it's out there. Lots of people chatting as we're getting close to the end. There's lots of people jumping in and wanting to say their own personal thoughts and memories. And if you've got a personal feeling or a bone to pick about uh, how you like watching your movies in a crowded theater, uh, jump on there. Love to hear your thoughts um, and uh, and see what other people think. Uh, if, if you also, if you do the Twitter, the Twitter, we have it on uh, Silverado Minute, uh, uh, Silverado MXM is the one, so, uh, Silverado MXM. Uh, of course, we're available always on all the different podcasters, uh, catchers like uh, Spotify, TuneIn, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, uh, I'm sure there's a bunch of other ones. I just don't remember what they are at the moment. Or you can find us at the big, <laughs> the big site, SilveradoMinute.com has all this stuff. So go there and you can find links to other, other stuff there. Um, again, Ethan, it's been a great week. Thank you so much. We will do more in the future for sure. No, thank you. Believe ah. me, you're doing me a favor, me having me on here. I've been bored wow. all week. I've had a week off. I've blocked it out for you. And we said we'd do it, we did. And hopefully awesome. someone's going to get sick. <laughs> in, not to like wish anything bad on anyone, but I'm sure I'll be back for some pop-ups. I hope we will get we will, run. we will get you in the future. But again, thank or you. We'll do a post-credits bonus episode. Who knows? There you go. Yeah, day. yeah. Some uh, uh, <laughs> behind-the-scenes stuff. Yes. But wow. For, listen, uh, have a great weekend as you're as you're listening to us, and uh, you know, check. Please check out Ethan's uh, Ethan's podcast because they are great. But uh, we will return next week as we find <laughs> out uh, we will find out what happened to Jake. Um, but uh, join us here next time on the Silverado Minute. And in the meantime. Yeehaw! <laughs> <laughs> I never got it right. Anyway, thank you, Jim. I love you. I'll see you on the next one, folks. Roger. See you in the podcast universe somewhere. <laughs> <laughs>